0: Good morning everyone, good morning, good day, good evening For those of you in China and Australia, good evening I don't know why you're not sleeping, but uh, <laughs> but I'm happy you're tuned in to The Mystic Show So my name is Chris Curran And we do The Mystic Show live every weekday morning at 7am Eastern Time That's New York City Time and this show is all about i i usually say the unseen and otherworldly and i wanted to add to that mysterious i think that might be the root um uh, well the the root mystic the word mystic somehow ties into mystery and mysterious right So that's what this show is about, spirituality, mindfulness, meditation, retreats, and these things are really, when you think about it, they're the most important parts of our life, but we quite often ignore them because we're too busy earning money and uh, trying to get fame, Name and fortune So anyhow, our website is TheMysticShow.net TheMysticShow.net Check, check out the website um, Our phone number's on there If you want to give me a call If you have a question about any of the topics Or um, when we do have guests If you have a question for our guest Give a call and the numbers on the website you can get it from there uh, but i will say it once here so if you if you're listening and you got a pen you want to write this down or a pencil uh 973 498 8033 so that's the phone number 973 498 8033 and uh, we broadcast from fractal recording which is in uh, northern New Jersey, and we're broadcast on the Fractal Stream, which is an internet radio station, and the website for that is fractalstream.net. You can also get that from the mysticshow.net website. So I'm, I'm happy to be here this morning. Actually, the sun is just rising right now, like the the horizon is orange, and then a little above that is the light blue, and then above that it it still a little gets darker, like it's a little darker. Um, I guess the sunrise is going to be later and later, and uh, pretty soon I'll be doing the show in the dark for the winter, I guess. And I don't know what effect that has on the show because of the. The magnetic lines and the gravitational lines and stuff. If if the sunrise happens later, it's a whole different <laughs> gravitation or, or magnetism on this part of the earth. We'll have to get someone on the show who knows about all that stuff. I'd love to get Dan Winter on the show. He's in France, I believe. Uh, if anyone knows Dan Winter and can invite him, invite him on this show, just invite him. You have my permission. And, uh, he can tell us all about that, those kinds of things. So this weekend, well, what did you do? Did you, was it a good weekend? Was it restful? Did you get any rest? Or any break from the insanity, which is modern day life in 2013? I, um, did a few interesting things actually. We did we didn't get to go hiking, which I kind of wanted to go hiking, but didn't happen. But what I did do was uh went to we went to our niece's uh first birthday party. And that was I mean, you know, first birthday parties, they're always so wonderful. And it was great not only to see all the family, but uh to see her become 1 year old and she was a little uh <laughs> there was a lot of people there and she was a little like what's going on <laughs> and uh but totally totally natural totally cool uh so that was real nice and then you know late last week in in the the uh the complex where we live they actually trimmed a lot of the trees and I came home one day, and the, the the two trees right in front of our place were like literally. I, I think they I think they just cut off every single branch. I'm not even joking. I posted a picture of this on my my personal Twitter account, um, and I can I'll even retweet it on the Mystic Show Twitter account, which by the way is at the Mystic Show. So, connect with us on Twitter. Yeah, and I know, like, you have to trim trees and, you know, for safety reasons and also sometimes to make them grow properly and just to, you know, keep them tame so they don't get out of hand. I understand all that, but... I mean, are you really just supposed to cut off every single, every single branch of a tree? I mean, some of these trees in the complex are—it's just the trunk left, with like two, maybe two little, two like thick branches coming off. That once they extend about five feet, they're cut off. How is a branch that's three or four or five inches thick? How is that supposed to just regrow? I have no idea. It 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 didn't seem right and um they even cut some of the pine trees and i i was told by someone uh who who knows a little bit about these things that you're you're not supposed to trim pine trees cuz the branches don't grow back i don't know if that's correct maybe you know maybe do you know about trees and tree trimming <laughs> go ahead and give me a call anyway I it's you know trees are such an important part of our life and I'm not you know one of these people who oh save the trees don't cut down trees or don't use paper um I'm not like that I I think there's a balance to everything and and we have to use trees and we can and we just have to do it right and make sure we don't just cut down every tree on the planet you know too soon without planting any more So, but, but it's just, you know, I don't know. I guess maybe it sounds strange, but I don't think the trees were very happy. You know, I've read about studies actually many years ago where they, they hook electrodes up to like a plant and, you know, they, that then, so they hook electrodes up to the plant and then they go to the plant with like a pair of scissors and they're going to cut off one of the leaves of the plant, right? And right before they make the cut, the plant like screams, like it lets out this energy, like, ah. I mean, there's no noise, but it's just an electrical impulse, I guess. And and this happened repeatedly. And I think I think the plants and the trees, I think, you know, they have some consciousness of their own. And that you know, I mean, on some level, they feel things, right? They have to, because it's a living thing. So, and again, I'm not saying, oh, we have to protect the feelings of trees and all this. I'm not, I'm not going nutty like that. But it just was an observation on my part. So, um, there you go. That's my observation with the trimming of trees, and and. If I find someone who knows about trimming trees, I'm gonna ask them. Because I don't think you're just supposed to cut off every branch. You know? That doesn't it just It looks horrible. <laughs> it looks silly. Man. So alright. Enough about the tree trimming and the weekend and 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 yeah, and Halloween's coming soon. And and I I'm trying to Hook up something with the Mystic Show so we can do a special Halloween show. Um, on one of our other shows, we're going to have someone on to tell ghost stories. So maybe I can get our, that special guest to come on this show and uh, tell some ghost stories or, or whatnot and whatnot. So, all right. So on, let's say, Friday... Last Friday, we finished up the James Allen book, uh, Byways of Blessedness. And that was just an amazing book. I mean, amazing is not the right word. It's beyond amazing. And so many good chapters, and um, I love that book. And one of the reasons we read that book is because it's about 100 years old. Actually, it's more than 100 years old. And, um, and basically by, we can read it on the show and no one's going to sue us. (laughs) So that, that's, that's good because we could, you know, I was looking at some more modern books and it'd be nice to read some, some of them, but, uh, you know, it's all copywritten. It's all, you know, there's all lawyers involved and, and I don't want to get sued. There's no reason for that. So byways of blessedness is one of my favorite James Allen books of course his classic is called as a man thinketh that's the one he's known for which is very good um I haven't read all his books so I don't I can't I can't uh rate them or say that one is better than the other but as a man thinketh is very good uh, byways is Maybe just a little better, in my opinion, because it it goes more into real life, practical life. And as you know, on this show, we love the mysterious, the otherworldly, but we need to incorporate it into our regular lives, right? To become better human beings, more giving, more loving, more, more divine put uh, simply. So what I thought was, we'll move on to another James Allen book. This is one that I read and I was astonished, actually, because he really gets um, deeper into, how do I say it? Well, the meditation practice that I do Um, is, is very, it's a, it's a simplified form of Raja yoga and Raja yoga is yoga of the mind. So it's just meditation. It's not, no poses, no, um, no stretching has nothing to do with physical, your physical body. Uh, It's just meditation. And, you know, there's some depth to Raja yoga and to 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 yogic practices in general I think in the United States We're very superficial When it comes to these things Yoga Even the meaning of the word yoga I mean, if you said Yoga to an American What do they think? They think Okay, you need a yoga mat And you need to wear sweatpants And you're going to do some stretching And poses Right? That's what an American thinks and there's one type of yoga that does that, yes. But there's three other branches of yoga from ancient India that ha- really have nothing to do with uh, stretching and poses. So we have a, Americans have a very limited view, and I think most of the world probably does too, it's not just Americans. But bashing Americans is always, <laughs> well, I won't say it's fun, but it's true. And uh, me being an American, and I agree with the uh, constructive criticism, if you want to call it that, I'm, I'm happy to say it. I'm happy to admit that I, I, uh, I need to grow and learn a lot as well, which is fine. Um, I'm ready for it. Let's do it. So the practice i do you know it's it's deeper there's there's it's almost like a science you know the science of yoga or the science of uh spiritual science or whatever you want to call it there there's there's deeper teaching it's not just okay sit down and meditate you know there's a lot lot more and it's not advertised widely because you know, pe- people just wouldn't understand it. They'd think it was crazy. Um, so you have to become a student of a, of, of a meditation practice that teaches these deeper teachings. And over time, you'll learn about them. So I've learned about some of them um, through the literature of the practice that I do. And the reason I, I'm telling you all this is coming back to this James Allen book, that, uh, that I'm going to start reading in a, in a few minutes. Um, James Allen in this book, like, touches on several of these deeper teachings. And, of course, he delivers it in his own way, and he explains it in his own way, and it's just brilliant. It's beautiful. And I was happy to... It, you know when you learn something... And then you go somewhere else and you kind of learn the same thing but from a different angle. And then you go somewhere else and you, you learn sort of the same thing from a, um, from a third angle. And learning things from different angles is really helpful because that's, that's how our brain can sort of correlate things and make sense of the world, right? That's really how we learn. It's only relative to something else. So this book that I'm holding right here is called Above Life's Turmoil. And this is by James Allen. Um I'm not sure exactly when this was uh published, but it has to be between 1904 and 1912. Or yeah, I'd say that. Or or to be safe, 1902 and 1912. Somewhere in that period, I actually have to. Uh, yeah, I'll find out the order that he published the books, and maybe I could post that. Actually, I should probably do a whole show on James Allen. I've I've mentioned that before. So this book, above life's turmoil. This is. Uh, it has how many chapters does this have here? Well, they're not numbered. But there's a good 16, 17 chapters here, and they're all very short. So what we can do is we'll read a chapter. I mean, some of these chapters are two pages. You know, well, maybe like three. Some are three, some are, some are longer. But what we'll do is we'll start with the forward, and then we'll read the first chapter today. And... um and as I've mentioned before, as we're reading these books, um, you know, if you're busy walking or running or cooking or doing something, that's good. You can listen. And, uh, but if you're just kind of sitting, maybe you're sitting at a computer, maybe you're just relaxing, maybe you're just surfing the web, maybe you're just laying, you know, sitting on the couch with your headphones on listening to this show, um, if you're not really doing anything else, one thing that you could do is actually, as I'm reading, close your eyes and um, and just really relax and just listen. That's it. And I would encourage you not, well, depending how tired you are, I would encourage you not to just lay down. Um, I would encourage you to sit up. You know, and and not resting your head on anything. Sit up erect and and close your eyes and relax and listen, if you can. That's just a suggestion. So this book starts with a forward, which is written by James Allen, and uh, so we'll go ahead. We'll start. We'll read this forward. This is this book is called Above Life's Turmoil by James Allen Forward We cannot alter external things nor shape other people to our liking nor mold the world to our wishes but we can alter internal things our desires passions Thoughts. We can shape our liking to other people, and we can mold the inner world of our own mind in accordance with wisdom, and so reconcile it to the outer world of men and things. The turmoil of the world we cannot avoid. But the disturbances of mind we can overcome The duties and difficulties of life claim our attention But we can rise above all anxiety concerning them Surrounded by noise, we can yet have a quiet mind Involved in responsibilities, the heart can be at rest. In the midst of strife, we can know the abiding peace. The twenty pieces which comprise this book, unrelated as some of them are in the letter, Will be found to be harmonious in the spirit, in that they point the reader towards those heights of self knowledge and self conquest, which, rising above the turbulence of the world, lift their peaks where the heavenly silence reigns. James Allen. All right, so that was the forward, and we'll continue right into chapter one, although they're not numbered here. Maybe he did not number them on purpose. Hmm. All right, well, this one, which comes first, is called True Happiness. To maintain... An unchangeable sweetness of disposition. To think only thoughts that are pure and gentle. And to be happy under all circumstances. Such blessed conditions and such beauty of character and life should be the aim of all and particularly so of those who wish to lessen the misery of the world. If anyone has failed to lift himself above ungentleness, impurity, and unhappiness, he is greatly deluded if he imagines he can make the world happier by the propagation of Of any theory or theology He who is daily living in harshness Impurity or unhappiness Is day by day Adding to the sum of the world's misery Whereas he who continually lives in goodwill And does not depart from happiness Is day to day Increasing the sum of the world's happiness And this Independently Of any religious beliefs Which these may or may not hold He who has not learned How to be gentle Or giving loving and happy has learned very little great though his book learning and profound his acquaintance with the letter of scripture may be for it is in the process of becoming gentle pure and happy that the deep real and enduring lessons of life are learned. Unbroken sweetness of conduct in the face of all outward antagonism is the infallible indication of a self-conquered soul, the witness of wisdom, and the proof of the possession of truth. A sweet and happy soul is the ripened fruit of experience and wisdom and it sheds abroad the invisible yet powerful aroma of its influence gladdening the hearts of others and purifying the world. And all who will and who have not yet commenced may begin this day if they will so resolve to live sweetly and happily as becomes the dignity of a true manhood or womanhood. Do not say that your surroundings are against you. A man's surroundings are never against him. They are there to aid him. And all those outward occurrences over which you lose your sweetness and peace of mind are the very conditions necessary to your development. And it is only by meeting and overcoming them that you can learn and grow and ripen. The fault is. Is in yourself Pure happiness Is the rightful And healthy condition Of the soul And all may possess it If they will live Purely And unselfish Is this too difficult For you? Then unrest And unhappiness Will continue to dwell with you Your belief and aspiration and resolve are all that are necessary to make it easy, to render it in the near future a thing accomplished, a blessed state realized. Despondency, irritability, anxiety and complaining, condemning and grumbling All these are thought cankers, mind diseases. They are the indications of a wrong mental condition, and those who suffer therefrom would do well to remedy their thinking and conduct. It is true there is much sin and misery in the world. So that all our love and compassion are needed. But our misery is not needed. There is already too much of that. No, it is our cheerfulness and happiness that are needed. For there is too little of that. We can give nothing better to the world than beauty of life And character Without this All other things are vain This is preeminently excellent It is enduring Real And not to be overthrown And it includes all joy and blessedness Cease to dwell pessimistically upon the wrongs around you. Dwell no more in complaints about and revolt against the evil in others. And commence to live free from all wrong and evil yourself. Peace of mind, pure religion. And true reform lie this way. If you would have others true, be true. If you would have the world emancipated from misery and sin, emancipate yourself. If you would have your home and your surroundings happy, be happy. You can transform everything around you if you will transform yourself. And this you will naturally and spontaneously do as you realize the good in yourself. Okay, that's it for this section, uh, True. Happiness. Let's just take a quick break. Thank you to Pearl Jam for that little musical interlude That's a song called uh, Release It's actually a a very good song Uh, And you can hear that on the the Fractal Stream station Because that's on the playlist somewhere So welcome back to The Mystic Show My name is Chris Curran What's your name? (laughs) <laughs> you can call me and tell me your name if you like. I can't see your name tag from here. So, yeah, the Mystic Show. This is the show where we talk about spirituality, mindfulness, the universe, death. Right? No one likes to <laughs> no one likes to say or talk about death, but um I think it's vital actually. Because we're all going there, <laughs> and we don't know when, right? So we've uh, we've done many shows so far, and if you go on the website, themysticshow.net, you can see all of our previous episodes, and you can actually browse through the topics and, and the guests, and uh, choose which shows, which episodes you'd like to listen to. And go ahead and listen to it, or download it share it with your friends. And if you happen to know, actually I wanted to ask you, if you happen to know anyone who would be a good guest on the Mystic Show, please uh send them our way. You can uh, you can contact us through the contact us page on the website, themysticshow.net. Just contact us, send us a note with, you know, or have the person who you think might be a good guest, have them contact us. And we can uh, start a dialogue. So one of the, yeah. So how did you like that little, I'm going to call it, I'm going to call these chapters. Um, How did you like that first chapter on true happiness? Right? It's very, I mean, look, it's so simple. (laughs) The way James Allen puts it, it's so simple and nice. And it's, you know, it's thank God someone is breaking it down to this level of simplicity because we hear all the time how life is simple. Nature is simple, you know, be simple like nature, but in our minds and in living our modern day life, everything is so confusing. So, and that's just, this is just, I I think he mentioned in the forward, there are 20, uh, Pieces of this book, above life's turmoil. Uh, this is a great one. I'm I'm enjoying this. Can you tell? So, one of the a great place you can actually read this book, and again, we'll probably we'll probably publish this book as well on the GoalAbility Classics. Um, one of, a great place to read a book is on a retreat. Have you ever taken a retreat? You know, have you ever? Have you ever dedicated time to yourself? You know, how, how many hours a week do you put in for your boss? How many hours a week do you put in for your family? And then ask, how many hours a week do you put in for yourself? And I don't mean watching TV or going to the park or, you know, I mean, I don't mean a couple hours here, a couple hours there, or like a hobby or something. I'm talking about yourself like your space self, your inner self or your higher self, how much time do you give to that? Now, if you meditate every day, that's great. That's giving time right there. And that's, some would say, a vital part of life. In fact, I actually want to read uh, something in a minute about that. But my point here is that in our crazy lives, we need sometimes to take a retreat. Take some time for yourself. Tell everybody, tell your whole family, look, I'm going away. I'm going on a retreat. I'm, I'm not going to be available by phone. You know, maybe you check your email every couple days just to make sure nothing blew up. But not maybe not even that. So go on a retreat and pause your life as an organization that does retreats and meetups too pauseyourlife.org is the website and uh, they're planning a spring retreat and this is going to be good so you got to we'll, we'll it'll be announced when uh, there's more details on the website and everything and the once once the registration opens but uh, the spring retreat is is going to be great so it's pauseyourlife.org you can also sign up for a daily email and also keep an eye out for a New Year's uh, seminar, which will include a vision board creation experience and other things as well. So I, I'm not allowed to say too much about that event yet, but it's going to be right around New Year's. Obviously, that's the time to reset, reevaluate, right so So there you go. so take a retreat. I mean, and some people say, oh, I'll take one next year, next year. And then they're like 60 years old. They never took a retreat or 80 years old. So don't don't let that happen to you. Take time for yourself. I've done it many times. And I can honestly say I'm literally a different person because of it. Much, much happier and much more... Uh, Grateful and so many good things. It's only so many good things can come out of that. So there you go. pauseyourlife.org. And okay, so let me find that little section uh, that I wanted to read from this book, um, 365 Daw And I think it was page 294. I was just talking about meditation, right? It's good to meditate every day. And, um, yeah, and, and that's time for your space, self, or your inner self, right? Um, so, th- I just wanted to read this. This is pretty good, actually. I, I read it this morning, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to have to read this on the show. This is from the book, 365 Dao Daily Meditations, by Deng Ming Dao. And I've read a lot from this book on the show before, but there's basically an entry for every single day of the year. And you can actually look up, in the back of the book, you look up the date, and it tells you what page to go to. Depending on if you're in the Northern Hemisphere or the Southern Hemisphere. Because it has to do with the seasons, right? So, when it's... Right, it's becoming... Autumn up here in the northern hemisphere, so down there it's becoming spring. It's like a different life cycle, right? So anyway, this is uh this is an entry, it's called sitting. Yep, sitting. And again, there's like a little poem piece and then there's the text. I'll just I'll just read it all. Alright, it's called sitting. Cat sits in the sun. Dog sits in the grass. Turtle sits on the rock Frog sits on the lily pad Why aren't people so smart? Those who follow Tao are fond of pointing out the wisdom of animals When they see a cat sitting motionless in the sun Or a turtle who stretches her head upward in a still pose They say that these animals are meditating They know how to be still And conserve their internal energy They do not dissipate themselves In useless activity But instead Withdraw into themselves To recharge It is only people Who label meditation as some sort of odd religious activity. This is not the actual case. Something like meditation happens when we sleep or when we are absorbed in reading a book or when we daydream and become so lost in a thought or an image that we do not notice what is going on around us. There is no reason to think of meditation as something out of the ordinary Quite the opposite Meditation is the purest and most natural expression we can have When you next look at a cat or a dog sitting still And admire the naturalness of their actions Think then of your own life don't meditate because it is part of your schedule or is demanded by your particular philosophy. Meditate because this is natural. There you have it. From page 294 of 365 Dao. Right? That's I love that. All animals, all nature, they spend time just sitting. Relaxing or meditating, you might say. So it's very natural. I, I love, I like that. I hope you enjoyed that little, that little uh, reading there. So now, actually, I wanted to take another just quick little break. You can think about meditating and being still. Be right back. Right, thank you. Actually, I, that's one of my creations, so I can't, I shouldn't really thank myself. But uh, anyhow, welcome back to the Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran. We do the show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. That's New York City time, and we also archive all the past episodes on our website, themysticshow.net. And uh you may if if you know a friend who might like some of these shows maybe you know maybe email them the link or send them the link or tell them about it. And uh and yeah, I we're going to have some other guests this week as well. Um I'm hoping I have to I have to confirm a few guests and uh it's going this is going to be a great week of the Mystic Mystic show. So right now I want to get into this uh this one idea which um I actually talk about in my book, um, I published a book about three and a half years ago, it's called Leap Beyond Your Limits, and it's basically about personal development and helping people learn about themselves and also focus and achieve goals and, and, you know, in a very practical way, personal development. So... One of the concepts I, I thought about, you know, well, let's, let's start at the beginning. I mean, I've been on the personal development uh, track for many years now. In fact, I think the first self-help book I read was um, by Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. And that's just, that's a classic. I mean that's all about forgiveness and affirmations and and kind of loving yourself and being at peace with yourself and everything and letting go and releasing and everything i mean just a great great in the real sense of the word great book it really is and that kind of that kind of jolted me a little and you know put me on the right track cuz actually in that book she Suggests that you do some mirror exercises Which is like You look in a mirror I mean I haven't read it in Jeez Probably almost 20 years So I'm not sure I'm correct But I think she has you look in a mirror And basically tell yourself that you love yourself And that you forgive yourself And uh, And I actually did it You know I actually did when When she said in the book Okay now go to the mirror and do this I actually did it and it was it is the first time I ever did that and i it it was it was a moving experience actually facing yourself, looking into your own eyes and looking at yourself um very powerful i i can't put it into words, but that just goes to show you that reading is not enough right what if what if I read that but I didn't really go into the bathroom and look in the mirror? I mean, my, literally, my whole life would probably be different, and I'm not even exaggerating. Right? Because doing it is what gave me the jolt. And then I read more books, and I read The Celestine Prophecy, and but then I got into more traditional self-help, like um, Tony Robbins, as I like to say. I overdosed on Tony Robbins for several years. I mean, it was crazy. I loved it, and I still love it. Um, although I don't, I don't listen to him anymore. I haven't listened to any Tony Robbins for actually many years now, maybe almost ten years. But that's probably because I overdid it. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, but great stuff. So when I when I met Bob Proctor and I became a coach, a business coach, and I, you know, I had sort of been developing my ideas over time. Uh, it was time to put my ideas into a book i had I had the material I wanted to write a book, so I did and um at the core of here 's what I thought that and and by the way, this is after I started my meditation practice that I was able to to write this book because i I found out by meditating how important it is to go inside yourself and not just keep looking outward at the external world. You know, for I guess for a while I thought I could just like I thought like the world like the world outside me, the physical world was like a chessboard and if I moved the pieces in the right way, I'd be happy. And that just doesn't happen. That's not the case. Like like we've been learning from James Allen, it all comes from inside you. I mean, above life's turmoil, it's, he even says that life outside you may be crazy, it may be sinful, it may be whatever it is, but you're not going to change that. You can only change yourself. So my idea, what happened was in my head, my idea of personal development changed. It changed from, okay, I got to write down my goals and read them every morning and every night, which by the way is good, it's not bad, but not only doing that, but also focusing on my inner self, my character, my um, my behaviors, my emotions, right? My My inner world, the working of my mind, I mean... My mental muscles, my mental faculties, what are they? How can I use them better? I mean, who asks those questions? I mean, hardly anybody. Well, the mystic asks those questions of himself or herself. And you are a mystic or at least you're a mystic in training but 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 if you're a mystic in training that means you're already a mystic in my book <laughs> to me i mean so this whole idea of interchange and then of course outer change we want outer change right we want to be able to earn some money and live right and you know like me i want to have i want to uh have a retreat center right so i can do retreats and we can have people you know, do programs and everything, right? That's something that would be very cool. It would help a lot of people. It's in line with everything else I want. So but it has to be created in the physical world. Right? So so basically what I'm saying is there's a there's an inner there's an inner game and an outer game. And so in my book I basically coined two terms which kind of talks about You know, the inner work that we have to do and the outer work that we have to do. And the idea is that when you do them both together, that's when you really make progress. Because if you just meditate all day long every day, but you never do any work and you never stop to eat and you never do anything, I mean, you'll die. So, it's clear, we have to live a physical life, we have to do things in the physical world... And that's good. And we have to also work on ourselves and meditate and regulate our mind and all this. And that's good too. And when you do them both together, that's when the big changes in life happen. So I call these two processes inner forming and outer performing. Now, inner forming, so what that means is like, we we all have a self image. That's a whole nother show we're gonna have to do. <laughs> we all have a self image, a way that you see yourself, and it's so subconscious because you don't really think about it. Like you just you, you think that's you. You're just living. You don't really think that you have a self image of yourself, but you do. We all do. You know I've I came across this many times working with, uh, when I was coaching people. And I'd say, okay, imagine that, uh, uh, let's see, what's a good example. Let's say a business. Imagine that your business is, is bringing in a million dollars a year in revenue and the, you know, just like a visualization exercise. And the person would say, oh, I don't see myself earning that much. And I'd say, well, excuse me. (laughs) Say, yeah, I don't see myself earning that much. So you hear the language, I don't see myself earning that much. So in this person's head, they saw themselves as earning, I don't know, let's say 200,000 bringing in 200,000 in revenue. Not a million. When they tried to when they tried to see themselves bringing in a million in revenue, they couldn't do it. Because they're so they're so stuck on hey I'm I'm a person who brings in two hundred grand in revenue, so right and that's totally subconscious. He he never would have even known that if I didn't point it out. So we each have a an image of ourselves, and it has to you know your body weight, your level of fitness, you know. Anyway, you know your competence in certain skills. Even your intelligence, even your memory. Some people say, Oh, I can't, I don't, I can never remember names. I mean, how many times have you heard someone say that? Oh, I'm not good with names. Well, that's because they see themselves as not being good with names. And what happens with the self image is that becomes our reality. So the inner forming techniques, and, and there's eight techniques and there's more than 8 but i just i i just talk about 8 in the book um these techniques are to change that image of ourselves and once you change that image of yourself that's when your life changes so and you can you can work as hard as you want you can work 90 hours a week or you can be like me. I think I told you once before. My record for one week was 117 hours. I worked. Yeah, do the math. That's like seventeen. It's like sixteen and a half hours every day for seven days. Anyway, I was working in the in the in the recording studio. So, <laughs> and I was like 22. So I I was young and uh, loving it. Anyway, you know all that time. You're working, working hard Thing is, if you don't change your self-image you, you might achieve a little But you're not going to achieve what you really want And of course it's much deeper than that But anyhow, so this is kind of an introduction To the inner forming and outer performing I think on another show Maybe we can get into the techniques But um, I'll just read the inner forming techniques really fast um, Visualization Uh, That's one. Self-image. That's one. Intuition. That's one. Uh, Intention. Inner speech is the next one. Inner speech. Ah, that little voice in your head. Mm. Uh, Meditation is one. Affirmations. And self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness is a big one. So those are just a bunch of tools that we can use to change our character, to change our inner self. Now, on the outer level, in the physical world, the material world, um, there's there's a few things here that I, that I call outer performing. Because there's a way to, for instance, there's a proper way to build a house, and there's probably thousands of ways where you could do it wrong so when we actually do things in the physical world it helps if we do them properly and this is little things and and big things but you know getting better at accomplishing tasks and doing things will really help us achieve more and and For instance, we'll be able to do the same amount of work in less time. So then you'll have more time to meditate. (laughs) See how that works? All right, so these outer performing techniques, I'll just read these real quick. And then uh, it's time to go. Uh, Important versus unimportant. Right? What's really important as far as tasks? Okay, daily agenda, continued learning, Uh, Finding creative solutions, so creativity. Um, Calculated risks, right? We always have to take some risk. So how can we be better at making calculated risks? Um, Your physical health and fitness, that's a big one. Having a mentor, being in a mastermind group, and communication. So communication skills, that's a big one, right? And also contributing... And helping others, right? The idea that it's not all about us achieving our goal—that we have to help other people and and all that too. So, inner forming and outer performing—it's the inner game and the outer game. Um, it it re- really balances each other well. And and like I said, we can we'll get into more of these um, the actual tools in future shows. I just wanted to give a uh, little introduction to. To this, so when we when we do get deeper into it, um, we'll be able to go deeper into each specific tool. So, so this has been a wonderful show. Um, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to send me a little note through the website, themysticshow.net, just go to the contact us page and write me a love note. So. As you move through your day, knowing that you're a mystic in training, (laughs) hopefully you can keep thinking about these good topics, keep a good vibration, maybe talk to some other people about these topics, and stay happy and smile, right? Why not smile? And as always, keep shining.